Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular religious hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. Hey everybody, welcome back to my podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Today I have my good friend with me, Clyde Guzman. Welcome, Clyde. Hello. Awesome. So today we're going to be discussing basically how to inspire the younger generations to be more into their faith and to stand up for truth. Are you ready? I am so ready. I love it. So before we start, where can my followers find you on uh, platforms? Yes, you can find me over on Instagram at Latin Catholicism. Thankfully, they didn't say .com at the end like last time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the heck happened. Page you can find. <laughs> For those who don't know, in my live stream with Clyde on my YouTube channel, when he was telling my viewers where they could find him, he said .com at the end. It was of a long day. <laughs> For both of us. For both of us. <laughs> well, um, thank you. <laughs> you can also find me over at Catholic underscore theology and Catholic connect underscore ES, but I'm mostly active on my Latin Catholicism page. And he has an awesome Instagram page. So definitely go, go check him out. So with all of that being said, what do you have to say about inspiring the younger generation about their faith? Just do it. We Just live. do it. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the whole the whole Nike thing just came up just came <laughs> in my head like just just do it. Basically, to put it simply, we live in an age where anything that you say and do can be easily be found on the internet. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad or terrible or wholesome. Like anything you can you do is easily spotted from someone online. And you can easily use that to your advantage, especially when you're talking about the faith. Now, I get it. Even though we're living in the 21st century, anything that you say or do in the eyes of a lot of people can get you canceled, which is unfortunate because um, a lot of people, unfortunately, don't know how to grow up. 
and a lot of people don't know how to take things into account here and there, and I find that very disappointing. Um, one thing a lot of people always ask me in my DMs is like, how did you do it? How, do, how was I able to grow this much of a platform in, for such for that period of time since I've been on social media? Well, obviously, obviously, I would say first is by God's grace and his blessings, first and foremost. But also mainly it has to, one of the main reasons why it's because of determination. I just continue just to post and post and see what people liked and what people did not like. And I just adapted into a lot of other, uh, what other people were doing and say, hey, I can incorporate this or I can start using that. And maybe that could garner more attention from my posts and a lot of my statements here and there. I mean, those of you that know me personally and those that follow me when I'm very vocal on a lot of things and I don't sugarcoat anything. <laughs> I've been, I have been canceled on numerous occasions, but I've always resurrected myself back from the grave and I always surprise the people that try to cancel me and say, I'm back. <laughs> so yeah, another piece of advice I'll also tell folks, I mean, we'll get into more of this later is don't conform and don't give in to peer pressure even when you feel like you want to go along with the crowd. I mean, let's be honest, all of us at, at every point of our lives will end up doing it. But when it comes to matters of faith and morality, that is something where you cannot, under any circumstances, you know, give in to the crowd because you will end up going along with them and start to think like them the more you do it. And then in turn, you end up denying one or more aspects or articles of the faith. That has happened to me, and I'm sure that's happened to you, Amber, and I'm pretty sure that's happened to many people that are listening to this. Well, I also think it's almost, it's interesting because the younger generation is on social media so fast. You know, I didn't get on social media till I was about 16 or 17, but now kids are literally oh, born. With, I know, but kids are literally born with like a phone in their hands now. And <clears throat> I feel like that can be really influential, influential because in those first few years, like they're really learning a lot. And if they're following people who aren't good influence, like aren't a good influence on them and are telling them things that don't align with the faith, like that that's area for concern well i agree but let's be honest there are a lot of catholic influencers on many different platforms that i feel without mentioning any names that i feel that really shouldn't be on the platform especially twitter twitter's the worst for those who don't know catholic twitter despite the fact i have a lot of friends on there including clyde <laughs> It's just, it's the worst app to be it's on. One, okay, Twitter is a cesspool of iniquity. Let's be, let's be honest. It, it's, but Catholic Twitter is like a whole different, is a whole different <laughs> microorganism of some sort. <laughs> it's once you, okay, I feel bad the moment you make a Twitter account, but if you're Catholic, but starts, but if you start to go into the Catholic Twitter community, God be with you. <laughs> Because I, I'm going to be honest, I mean, people that have been seeing my posts for the past few months noticed that I've been making a lot of my own tweets. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, Clyde, you're finally on Twitter. Good. <laughs> and I get, I got so many notifications of like, 
people wanting to follow me, but my account is private. And I'm Smart. not involved in the Catholic Instagram, I mean, the Catholic Twitter community. Thank God. <laughs> Why? Because number one, that Twitter is my personal Twitter. I just use it for my own recreational uses. Mm-hmm. And don't get offended when I say this to you, Amber, but obviously I don't follow you. I don't follow any Catholics on Twitter, mainly for the sake of my sanity. Right. And mainly because obviously, like I said, it's my own personal recreational uses. Now, some people will say, well, if you're not, if you're not involved with Twitter, why are you making these tweets then? <laughs> well, I felt left out. <laughs> all making a lot of good tweets. I'm like, I have an idea. Little I'll FOMO just, there. <laughs> I'll just make a tweet, screenshot it, delete the tweet, and then use my apps to, you know, create the little templates and stuff. And then boom, I post it on Instagram. <laughs> that way people will think that I'm on Twitter very active and roasting people. But no, I'm not. <laughs> very very subtle about it so getting onto the topic of of the whole inspiration I know a lot of people think and we kind of discussed this before uh the podcast started but people think that in order to energize the youth about their faith we need to um basically modernize the faith the mass and make it more accessible what do you have to say well, about that? well we witnessed our- 60 years worth of that disaster. (laughs) Look where it's got us to now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I can tell you so many stories of my experience of people doing all that kind of garbage. Why don't we explain to the listeners what we're, what we're thinking about when it comes to like that, like modernized music in church. That as well, but also water down the faith to make it more easy to make it quote-unquote easier to explain about having to go into the nitty-gritty details of dogmatics and stuff like that now i will say this there is nothing inherently wrong about watering down the faith if if you're explaining it to someone that has no clue about religion or if you're watering it down to like to the level of let's say like a kid or a teenager that is starting to learn about what the faith is like let's be honest you wouldn't tell like a seven-year-old all about all of the stuff that goes on in the old testament right mm-hmm. about you know the rape incest um talks about bestiality um cannibalism all that wars all, all that the fun stuff, stuff. You wouldn't necessarily talk about those things to a seven-year-old, right? Right. You will talk about like the nice and good stuff, but not. But you should never stick with those particular things for the rest of the childhood, for the child's development. Right. Now, there is such a thing that I do not like, and when it comes to watering down the faith, is watering down the faith to the point where you're making it how do i explain it in terms where i'm not trying to be uncharitable or mean <laughs> you're basically watering down the faith to please people in order for them not to be offended mm-hmm. i have experienced that myself when i was a protestant believe it or not when i was coming into the church that's like a piece of my conversion story that i haven't told anyone i'll tell you this now here but i won't get into all the details Mm-hmm. Leave it for like other special occasions. <laughs> but one of the things where many 
there are many stuff that I experienced. So when I was beginning to start planning on going to RCA back in 2015, I went to a Catholic church, the name I will not mention, <laughs> um, nor the people there, especially the priests or the or some of the seminarians that were there. Basically, I was in catechism class, right? Okay. I was in catechism class for the pat for the for like three four months, and obviously I was really hyped. I knew a lot about Catholicism and stuff. And when I entered that catechism class, now before I continue, I want to be make, I want to be very clear. I'm not questioning your the sincerity of the people. However, I am calling into question their methods on why they're doing this. But anyway, I, to make a long story short, I didn't like the catechism classes. They made it feel, I felt like I was, I was attending my Bible studies when I was a Protestant. Mm. I never once heard anything about the saints. I never heard anything about Mary. I never heard anything about the Pope. I even I've never even heard a not I only heard a, like one prayer which is the Our Father they never even bothered to say a single Hail Mary even at the retreat I was invited to um and when I was at the retreat was at a really nice hotel uh the mass that they celebrated and I still have a lot of vivid memories of that mass that I went to, um, a lot of liturgical abuses took place. Um, they didn't bother using hosts. They just cooked their own bread, which is nothing inherently wrong per se, but they started to do a lot of experimentations at the retreat, which I did not like. Mind you, I was a Protestant. Yeah. And thank God, I praise God, I knew the Catholic faith before I went to that catechism class and that retreat. So even during that the mass, which they did a lot of liturgical abuses, dancing around the, the table in place of the altar, people, you know, bringing so many instruments, screaming, shouting. Even I remember one person, I can't remember who it was, they made me dance around the altar. I felt so uncomfortable. And then right after the mass, do you want to know what they did to the leftover body of Christ? They left it in the back table. Oh, no. And they said, if whoever wants some leftover bread, you can take it. Oh, I mean, they can't see my face right now, but my jaw's on the floor, y'all. That's awful. Mind you, I was a Protestant. But this happens a lot. This is unfortunate, but it does happen a lot. And think about this. I was a Protestant. I was scandalized. And what really scandalized me afterwards is when I was speaking to the people like, hey, this is not what I was expecting. I thought you, I didn't heard a single talk about Mary. You only talked about Jesus, 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 Jesus. No mention of saints. And one of the, one of the seminarians that was in the retreat, told me this. So I'm not going to forget this. He said, well, our, everything is about Jesus. Our goal for catechism class is not really to convert anyone, but to have 
people from all walks of life have a good encounter of Christ. And then I'm not going to say the other things because it hurts just reliving those things. But right after I experienced that, I didn't step foot in RCIA. I walked away. I was scandalized. Now, I would have converted to Catholicism back in 2016. Mind you, I started the catechism classes and then I was planning on going to RCA right after the catechism classes just to see how things were. But that experience was one of the experiences, one of the things that scandalized me and made me not want to convert. And this is why it's so important, parents, to understand and be involved in your children's CCD classes and their convert whatever they're going through. Make sure that you are also getting the material and learning what these kids are learning. Because I'm teaching a CCD class right now, and it's great. The material's great, and I can embellish in some areas. I can take away in other areas, like make it age appropriate, like whatever. We have specific books, but the parents are always heavily involved. And obviously in your scenario, Clyde, you were obviously an adult or right, right, adult? I was 17. No, I was 17. Okay. Technically a young adult teenager. Um, And so your parents probably weren't involved in that at all because you were at I was alone in my entire journey, bear in mind. Right. Okay. Right. So it's not like you had anyone looking out for you in those instances. And so for those who are going through RCIA and are going, make sure that you are doing your own research as well and and reading the catechism. Exactly. And another thing I want to mention is you mentioned RCIA, but before that, I want to say to the parents that are listening to this, if you are sending your child to a Catholic school or or whatnot, whether elementary, middle school, or high school, um, um, my advice for you, the moment your child comes home, you can check all that kind of homework, but the first kind of homework and other materials you should be checking is your theology homework and their theology books. Yep. Because one drop of poison can damage the entire well. Even one thing that may sound authentically Catholic and good can't infect the whole faith. Yep. You don't want, the last thing that you want is to raise your child to become a heretic and a or an apostate or a schismatic. Yeah, that's Trust definitely me, not I have seen. I have seen my fair share of children and parents who don't care too much about taking a look or caring about what their child is learning in their theology classes because why do you think a lot of Catholic youngsters out there especially in our age demographic think in so many different ways like a lot of modern folks do yeah and honestly like even when I was coming back into my faith and I was at this one church that kind of modernized a lot a lot of liturgical abuses a lot of that and uh, I was a part of the youth group there and I love, I love the youth group leader and everything. She's, she's amazing still to this day as like a friend, but um, she took us to a Buddhist temple to meditate. And I think I mentioned that to you before. And that scarred me for life actually, because A, that's a mortal sin. Like you can't do that. Um, I was, I wasn't aware we were going to a Buddhist temple when they said that we were going to a, (laughs) we were going to go meditate with a monk. I assumed they meant a Catholic monk, and I was very wrong. 
So it's, it's stuff like that though, because I wasn't, I just got back into my faith. I was so impressionable at that point that it took me a good two years to read as many books as I did and, and understand my faith to actually be able to push back on certain things that I, I now knew were not Catholic. You know, it, it's just crazy how we really are responsible for our own, our own knowledge of the faith. We can't exactly. rely on anyone else. I talked about RCA a few minutes ago, but my advice for folks out there Okay, before that, I want to be very clear. I think you can agree with me on this, and I can relate to this. Someone who is intrigued and interested in learning about Catholicism or is planning on converting, their brain at that particular moment is like a sponge, like a baby. They can, <laughs> absorb, they can absorb anything. And that is also good, but it's also dangerous because a lot of people, that I know personally have went through RCA, they're converts, but they came, they come out of RCA not knowing a lot or only knowing the basics, or they learned a version of Catholicism that is no different than what leftists or social justice warriors push. I in my personal experience, when I went to RCA, when I decided to go to RCA back in 2018, I praise God that I knew my Catholic faith before I went to RCA, because the person that was leading it, it was a deacon, I'm not going to mention name, his name, he was a really nice guy and everything, and I praise God for the dedication and everything, but I cannot in good conscience say that my experience in RCA was good. Reason being is that um, I knew stuff about the faith. I was the only one that was answering the questions right. I even not interrupted the deacon, but also added my own inputs. And this made a lot of people uncomfortable, <laughs> especially the deacon and his wife. Hmm. Um, when I was, um, when I told them, yes, I'm only going through RCA because I'm going through, because I'll be going to a different parish to receive the sacraments. The only reason I'm going to RCA program is because it's closest to where I, where I am, where I, where I was living at during the time. And I obviously, during the process of RCA, I had to attend certain masses and stuff. Um, when I was in those masses, obviously I experienced a lot of liturgical abuses again. And one of those liturgical abuses was at a, was a mass that I felt like I was in like a Pentecostal or like those hyped up Baptist churches. I kid you not, I had my, I think I had my keys or I had something in my hand. My, like my fists were clenched. <laughs> I was angry. And then one of the priests on the pulpit, you know, all like puffing and puffing after all the, the excitement was like, did you guys enjoy the, the fun? <laughs> and in my anger out in the back, I held in my breath, but I was like, no. And no one else heard me but the deacon's wife. Oh. That moment, that completely just damaged the, the relationship I had with the deacon's wife. After that, um, 
Um, it was the right of election. I think that came out. <laughs> it was just a long time, but it's the moment where a lot of the candidates, where they meet their diocesan bishop at a particular cathedral or place, and they get to meet him for the first time. I was obviously, for those of you who do not know, I was, you know, received into the Archdiocese of Washington. And it was still too, it was early 2019. This was when I met Cardinal World. Hmm. And so, um, obviously, me being the good catechumen that I am and being the good Catholic boy, I was the only person out of the thousands of people that were at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception. I was the only person that genuflected and kissed the Cardinal's ring. Oof. And right after that, it was silence, utter silence. I mean, there are some people that were happy and stuff, but the Cardinal wasn't upset or anything. But right after um, the right of a election or something, I can't remember the name, um, uh, my RCA class didn't want to talk to me anymore. Hmm. That was, and that hurt me. One of the one of the folks that promised to take me home didn't bother to take me home, oh. which sucked. So I I I was upset, but at the same time, like, come on, guys. Yeah, like we're supposed right? to be better than this. You're 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 be you're better than that. If you're someone that's I'm sorry. It's just reliving those memories. While I had some good moments, the end result of it all, it wasn't good. Yeah. Which goes to show how bad so many, if not most, RCA programs are. On yeah. the surface level, they will present the faith. They can present the faith in many good ways, but they will introduce a lot of things that are contrary or they may or they sweeten certain things of the world that are wrong and evil and they try to incorporate it into Catholicism. So what are some ways that the younger generation can avoid situations like that and not just go into their faith because their friends are doing it or because there's fun youth group events like actually being in their faith for Christ and not for their own pleasures? Well, first off, you need to know why you're doing it. Obviously, the first reason you should be doing it is for the salvation of your own soul and for the salvation of others. Obviously, you're not under any obligation to learn more of the, the nitty-gritty details of the faith. You're not obligated to learn canon law. You're not obligated to learn many things of Catholic theology, but just simply the basics. But if you want to learn a lot of things about the faith, obviously the first thing that you should do is go to the right sources. Because as you mentioned in the beginning, there's many different people out there that can present the faith in different ways. However, you must discern with, and make good judgments on who is saying the thing in the right manner. What? Obviously, for someone that is new, it's easy to be deceived and to follow certain individuals that will present the faith in 
their own manner while you're completely ignorant of a lot of things that are going on. What are some of those resources that helped you when you were coming in? Do you have any specifics? Uh, a lot. Well, during my time when I was a Protestant, I made a lot of good friends. I met a lot of good Catholic influencers, not social media influencers, but a lot of public figures. Um, met some Catholic authors and met some bishops, some good priests. And obviously I developed a good relationship with them over the years. Um, I also met a lot of nice Catholic laymen that they're not too far on the left, not too far on the right, but just down in the middle. And sure, they explained the faith the best that they could, but they did it in a way where I didn't feel like I was pressured to lean towards one particular political or ideological um, spectrum. Um, another, they always, <laughs> I'm, I'm going back memory lane right now. <laughs> you're, you're really trying to make me dig into my memories right now, Amber. <laughs> um, gosh, I've, when I tell you that I've read hundreds of books, thousands of articles and, hun and watched hundreds of YouTube videos about the Catholic faith for many years, I'm not exaggerating. I've went to so many libraries, any chance I get to go to a Catholic church and just read anything, obviously I asked the right questions. Right. On, when I went on social media or on the internet, I always go on forums to see if my questions got answered. Were there, um, any, were there any Catholic books that specifically stuck out for you that helped? Obviously books written by converts. Upon This Rock by Steve Ray, Rum Sweet Home by Scott Hahn. Um, and many other books, but one of the things I found interesting is that books written by converts mm. are usually books that I tend that I tended to lean towards because it was that it was because that's something I could relate to in the sense that I was an outsider. And I'm reading a book that was written by a former outsider that came and joined the clan. I mean, that's just, it's crazy to go through that and to know that, unfortunately, there's probably been many youths that have experienced that or something similar to it. I know I experienced it, but in a different way with like the Buddhist temple and then interesting retreats where we didn't even have a faith-centered retreat and in fact most of the times we wouldn't even go to mass on Sundays uh, if the retreat went from Friday Saturday Sunday we wouldn't go to mass on Sundays and just things like that they stuck out as red flags to me but because that these people said they were Catholic I, I just kind of trusted them to lead me not astray and I made that mistake and I had to relearn a lot of things coming back in I've experienced, <clears throat> have experienced a lot of those red flags and the same thing you just said, like there was a part of me that wanted to leave, but because I, they said that they were Catholic, I thought they were, they were probably doing this in good faith. They probably didn't mean any harm. I'll continue to stay with you. I mean, there's 
What are some red flags you think that are most common these days that might be overlooked by the youth? Social justice. Explain. Racism. The marginalized. Socialism. Talks about Marxism and communism. Veganism. Vegetarianism. I probably triggered a few people just by saying those two phrases. How might how might the how might they try to work these things in, you know, and and make it seem like Catholic teaching? Let me okay. I'm saying this right now because I love you guys. <laughs> but to the folks out there that subscribe to these kind of ideas, I may push a few buttons, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm saying it because I love you. <laughs> anyway. Because our modern society has been so fo focused on pushing these kinds of agendas, these folks, especially the people in our generation, tend to look towards those things, mainly because they never felt that they were once accepted. They want to feel part of it. They want to feel part, like they belong to a community or something. They want to feel like they're champions of justice or all that nonsense. And so what they will do, unfortunately, they will try to reconcile a lot of these things like Marxism, socialism, communism, you know, fighting for the marginalized, all that stuff, and try to mix it with Catholicism. Try to find things that sound similar and merge it together and use scripture as a scapegoat or a justification as to why they're believing in certain things or like the orth like the eastern orthodox take out of context many passages of the early church or the church fathers to justify certain beliefs that are erroneous or heretical or downright disgusting and evil and that happens a lot I mean, in our faith, like I experienced that a ton when I was in my more modern church. And it's interesting because for me personally, it actually made me more hungry for traditionalism. And I know you don't usually go to a TLM, right? I haven't been to a TLM in two years. Okay. But for, for, I, I used to go to a very reverent Norvis Ordo as well. And sometimes I still do like on Wednesday nights, I do like tonight. Um, but the thing is, is that it actually made me hungrier for tradition and veiling and femininity and all these things. I'm sure for, I'm sure for guys, it's different. Y'all ain't going to veil and y'all ain't going to wear dresses and stuff, but I hope not. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying like, it made me hungrier to go back to tradition. And in a way, I guess this like modern movement that the church is in at the moment is actually kind of pushing traditionalism in a sense because the younger generation is now hungry for traditionalism. It tr it's true, I agree. But you also have to bear in mind, while it's true that there are people out there that are moving towards tradition, there are certain beliefs and there are certain mentalities that so many people in our young generation have not let go. Mm. I can mention people on the top of my head that are well-intentioned and they're leaning towards tradition, but they still fall into the trap of thinking that certain 
modern ideas or certain agendas can still be reconciled with the faith. And I mentioned a few of them, socialism, equal distribution of wealth, the idea that the church should pay more attention in dealings with issues such as supposed systemic racism and all that stuff, or the church should pay more attention into eco stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, I agree that those things do have their place in the church, but those things are usually secondary, really, or minor, or tertiary to the to the entire to the major things of the faith. Like you and I had this live stream a few months ago about how Catholics cannot adopt socialism, communism, and Marxism. Right. I went into full-blown, you and I went into full-blown detail as to why. And you can find that on my YouTube channel for those who are asking. <laughs> and then when I went on my, when I did a live stream, my first live stream, I wanted a whole rant. I was angry <laughs> at the people accusing the Catholic Church of supposed racism and stuff. And boy, oh boy, after that live stream, I got so, I got a lot of praise but I also got a lot of hate. I think that's just that's how it is in the world though. You know, it's like you, you can talk about anything, but you're going to get hate for it no matter what it is. But Hey, I'm a POC. I'm a person of color. I should be allowed to think whatever I want to believe. Right. Well, not, not these days, according to Mickey, Nicki Minaj, who was canceled for questioning the but, whole government thing. But are people, are persons of color supposed to be more represented? Apparently, unless your views go against what they're trying to push on the agendas. Now, whoa, boy, oh boy. I guess they're trying to make people like me into a slave, even though I'm not black. And these are the people that are saying that the United States and other nations are guilty, are still guilty of supposed racism. And I always say, if you want racism to supposedly stop, just stop thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. I think we talked about that in one of our live streams. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's just crazy how much we are influenced in in social media, but then then also being led astray by you know false false what would you call them like false prophets, wolves in sheep's clothing, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But it's like obviously we still have to have respect for these people, but it's so important now more than ever to be praying for the leaders of the church and to be praying for the leaders of the family, which are fathers, because they're the first line of defense against Satan coming into the family. Now, and now so- that's not appropriate for modern society. <laughs> the father should never be above the wife. And I've seen so many, you've seen the post of that, that had the umbrella, right? That had right. Christ on the top, the husband at the bottom. I've seen so so many Catholic girls and women and feminists get so triggered by this. I'm like, if you're so offended by it, then why are you Catholic? Because that's really just the natural law. Yeah, it's called a hierarchy and there's a reason for it. God comes first, then the husband, then the wife. And that doesn't mean that the husband abuses power or anything. It all needs to be ordered, of course. But if he's underneath God, then he's going to be ordered. So if he's following his faith correctly, then the wife will, and then the kids. It's just it's just a pecking order, basically. I just thought of something. 
<laughs> a comment, but I'm not going to say it because I will be laughing for like five minutes. <laughs> it has, so, something to do, it has something to do with the back of what you just said, but I just remember certain comments on social media saying honestly, what about though, my representation. Honestly, though, like if you're a Catholic on social media, <laughs> like we get some really interesting comments. Like, oh. I'm going to be honest, a lot of them are funny for me. I just kind of like, ha, that's, that's a good one. But then other ones, like, they try to be, like, so angry towards you, and you're just like, I don't know you. I'm sorry. Oh Your opinion gosh. doesn't hold anything. I mean, there's one thing of getting a lot of comments from non-Catholics, but there's a whole another thing. It's a whole other thing where you get comments from people that you thought were on your side, mm -hmm. and then reality that they're not. Yep. I mean, intellectual dishonesty is one thing coming from our separated brethren. Like this comment, for example. This Catholic, I'm reading, I'm reading it right now. And I just be ready for the cringe, folks. I'm sorry, but a Catholic said Encyclopedia Britannica, volume 15, said on page 985, the Catholic Church is an organization founded by Jesus Christ in Jerusalem in the year 33 AD. The Protestant, a Protestant responded by saying this, I don't read the encyclopedia, I read the Bible. <laughs> that, 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 oh. This is that, what we're that, talking that, about, that hurt, folks. This, when I saw this comment, it, it hurt me. Now, there was another comment from uh, Karen, Many, sometime last year when the whole riots and stuff mm -hmm. like that were ha was happening, but sometime after the riots in, the, in America, she mentioned, I remember the comment very vaguely. She said something along the lines of this. I think the Catholic Church should get rid of the whole hierarchical system and make the church more like the Protestants. We as lay people are not being representative, represented enough, and I think we should have a voice. When I when I read that when I read that comment, mind you, thank God I wasn't I was in a good mood. Because <laughs> if I wasn't in a good mood, I would have just said something because I had like a paragraph just ready just to roast the person. But I was like, Jesus take the wind. <laughs> but and and he did other people took my job and started roasting <laughs> that lady it's just crazy though like when you actually become a social media influencer in these aspects that you you see all of this and you witness firsthand just how blind honestly a lot of people are to to or or maybe like miss um misinformed people are as well and i can't blame them especially with the stuff that the news media pushes about us i, I can't exactly. blame them i don't fault many people however there is a difference between invincible ignorance and willful ignorance there are a lot of people that i think you and i can agree that are ignorant because they want to be ignorant right like you've seen my post you probably saw my post when i was talking about how cat how cancel culture and um what 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 was the other thing i mentioned it was cancel culture and um being woke has no place in the catholic church i got a lot of good responses 
but of some of you people that responded that just started to justify <laughs> why being woke and supporting cancel culture is good. I feel sorry for you because I don't want to repeat the caption that I mentioned in my post, but those comments that I read that responded to me, they're literally proving my point. Oh, you're not, you can't, you can't say that because that's not nice. Oh, you don't, you don't care about the minorities. You're just a self, you're just a self-absorbent white person. Well, number one, I'm not white, I'm Hispanic. Number two, I am a minority. Speaking of that, I remember when I made a post last year of Bishop Strickland saying, I made a post to tweet him saying, him saying all lives matter. Mm-hmm. There was a social justice influencer who was apparently Catholic, the name I will not mention, accused me and said this, you, sir, are, an ex- are a perfect example of white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thank God I have good friends and a lot of my wholesome and base followers, but they just started going at her, defending me. And one of my good friends, um, I don't know if I should say his name for privacy reasons, but he basically called that person out because of the inconsistencies that she was saying and also pointed out that number one, I may look white on my profile picture. My grandparents may be from Spain. I may look European with my long hair flowing right now and the beard, but for you to say I'm, I have white privilege, <laughs> you should really pay attention to what you're saying. You well, know also, that, people right? will just assume without actually knowing you, too. That's I know, right? <laughs> and so I guess kind of just to wrap this all up in, in a nice little bow, how do we keep... The how do we I guess bring traditionalism back into back into the church and inspire these youths to continue with their faith, not for youth group reasons and to hang out with their friends, but to actually have a relationship with Jesus and to do all that great Catholic stuff. Do and listen to everything that the Catholic Church has taught for two thousand years. That's it. That's a good one. If you do all of that, then traditionalism will follow. Obviously, it's normal to have bad apples here and there. It's normal to have people going too far in certain aspects. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But so long as you are listening and abiding by everything that Christ said and taught to his followers and to his apostles, and everything that the church has taught for two thousand for almost two thousand years, you're pretty much set in stone. And if you're someone that wants to re- quote unquote reform the church, the number one thing you should never do is to is don't become a Lutheran. <laughs> because that will not send you to heaven if you behave like a Lutheran. We had a lot of great reformers in the church, like St. Clair of Assisi, uh, right? St. Clair of Assisi? 
St. Clair of Assisi, Ignatius of Loyola, and many others. What's the difference between them and Luther? They never left the church. Yep. Luther gave in to his pride and his ego and said a lot of nasty things and a lot of idiotic and dumb things. Well, it's true. He said a lot of good things and right things, especially about some of the things that were going on during his time. But that man went too far. <laughs> a little off the deep end. I, I can talk about Martin Luther a lot, but that's for another time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Clyde, for hopping on here and doing this for me. And one more time, what's your Instagram at? Latincatholicism.com. No. <laughs> Not dot .com, people. <laughs> this is going to be a reoccurring theme every time I have a live stream with you. <laughs> yep. Yep, it is. <laughs> All right. And with all of that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you guys in the next one. Do you have questions or comments about today's episode? Email me at thereligioushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash thereligioushippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content.